Topic Thunder Podcast. I am your host today, Dylan Hunsinger at Thunder Chats, and I am joined on this duo podcast today by my homie Connor at three underscore cone. Connor, what's up, man? Uh, not much. I don't think the tank could be going much better right now. Uh, after spending all season talking about how the Thunder refused to tank, they have now perfected the tank, which is kind of the most amazing part of this whole season. So it's been both like like it's been really fun to watch us lose. It feels weird, like kind of going mm-hmm. for us to lose, but it's still been fun at the same time. A couple guys, specifically, I'm sure we're going to talk about Dort a lot in this episode, have made it really fun to watch us, even if we're losing games. And we're getting close to that draft pick, uh, fifth overall pick right now. Just got to catch the magic for that four spot now. Yes, sir, man. And as you alluded to, ten straight losses, and like usually, you know, like you say, like that's not something that you would be excited about but this has been a weird year for the entire NBA and especially for the Thunder fan base so uh, we're going to dive into a few of those losses uh, the last four to be exact in our segment we like to call a single large item all right so kicking it off here uh, single large item game the Tony Tony Bradley revenge game so we're going to pick up right here at the Thunder Jazz game and uh, Connor I'll give you the single large item first. Uh, thank you, man. Um, you left me with the uh, the one and only option. It, you you have to talk about uh, Lou Dort here. One of the best defensive teams in the league. Um, coming into this game, 42 points, seven rebounds, three assists. It, it was unreal to watch. It felt like it was like something out of a dream. Like it didn't even feel real. It was like game seven and some. Um, definitely his best regular season performance of all time. I guess you could weigh it between it being a regular season or a playoff game. If you want to say it's his best performance ever, I'm going to say it's probably his best individual performance ever. Um, seven of 11 from three, two is just insane from him. It was shades of the way he started the season where he felt, it felt like he couldn't miss from downtown. That was how it felt this game. It was just insane. You add in four steals as well. He was doing everything on both ends of the floor. Uh, this was a this Jazz team is really really good. They're the, they have the best record in the NBA for a reason. And Dort made their defense look like ordinary. He hit like a of like f- turnaround mid range against Rudy Gobert. Probably going to be the defensive player of the year again this season. Um, he was just doing everything. It was incredible to watch. Um, I'm sure we're going to talk about him more as we continue to go into these other games, but Dort was definitely the story of this game. Uh, It's so cool to watch him take these leaps and especially over the last few games, starting with this one, it's been incredible to watch. Yeah, man. And uh, you know, back back in the day, like when we were first starting topic thunder, we used to have player of the game segments because we do game by game recap, you know, back when we didn't have crazy busy lives. Um, And then even like, in our weeklies, we'd have player of the week recap. And if we was going to have a player of the week recap, it'd be Lou Dort. Like, I'm like, you know, we've got more games to cover and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But man, ever since Dort's been back, like, I think he, he sat in that Warriors game. Um, but ever since Dort's been back, like, <laughs> he, he's, he's been on a mission. Um, that first quarter there, uh, I'm actually, I'm pulling a three underscore cone tweet. Up from mm-hmm. the E3. Oh, all right. Lou Dort in the first quarter, 18 points, 7 of 10 shooting, 4 of 4 from 3, 1 rebound, 1 steal, drew an offensive foul, and held Donovan Mitchell to 2 points. That kind of craftsmanship on Twitter.com gets you in a Tower Parker Ringer article, so shout out to Cone <laughs> on that one. And, Thank you. Uh, 
Yeah, man. I mean that. I mean that. That just shows, like, you know, we'll talk about tonight's game when we get to it. But we started off really hot tonight, e- even hotter um, in the first quarter. Tonight. Yeah. And it kind of trailed off because, like Tyler Parker talks about in his most recent article, like Dort's a streaky shooter. Like, you know, he can get off. Like, you know, he can hit like seven threes, and like, you know, nobody would bat an eye, but he can miss seven threes, and nobody would bat an eye because, you know, that's that's just what he is. He's not a knockdown guy. He's a guy that you know, gets on these hot streaks or get on these cold streaks. And what was impressive in this game specifically is Dort was able to catch fire in that first quarter, but be able to continue that throughout the game and not lose rhythm and really not, you know, force up a bunch of junk. So shout mm-hmm. out Lou Dort, man. Shout out Lou Dort. I think I think he had like four four uh, uh drawn charges or something like that in this game yeah yeah he had i think it was four offensive fouls drawn in this game which is just incredible it keeps adding th- that's something else that came from this game i feel like he has to been an all defensive team like yeah. just just not only for locking players up but for the amount of offensive fouls he draws i feel like that has to get him in consideration for one of those spots like just with that alone because it's absurd how much people have to try and throw dort around to get him off of guys um, the way he chases after guys is unreal. Also, something I want to bring up in this game that we've seen over the last couple of games, Dort's mid-range game has just come alive. Yeah. He's shooting like a ton of like those elbow pull-up mid-range jumpers now, and they're surprisingly going in at an absurd rate compared to how they used to go in. Uh, we've always known that he can be streaky from the three, but his ability to add that mid-range game is his next step as an offensive player. And the way he's kind of committed to trying to make that happen makes me wonder, especially with the amount of shots he's been taking. I wonder if he had a conversation with Dagnault, like coming into this stretch where he came back from his concussion and Mark was like, dude, just go nuts. Like just shoot the ball, uh, do whatever you have to do, like grow as an offensive player, just like try new things out. And if that is the conversation they had, it's working very, very well. Yeah, man. I mean, and you know, well, like, like I said, we're going to talk about Dort a lot in this podcast, but just, just to kind of cap off this game for him, he had 30 attempts, 11 of them for three. And, you know, you talked about, he was kind of incorporating the mid range into his game. What I think is really impressive is you can really see the confidence starting to grow and lose offensive game because, you know, even as an undrafted free agent coming in, playing his first game, I think against Minnesota Timberwolves, like you could see the confidence on the defensive end. Like, you know, he could tell he belonged there. But now he's starting to really come to his own offensively and trust in his shot and his scoring ability. So, yeah, shout out Lou Dor, man. He – he crushed it that game, and uh, it, it was just a sign of things to come. So now I get the impossible job of picking another single large shot for this game. Um, you know, I, I think I'm going to go to Moses Brown. I think it's only right because <laughs> I came down pretty hard on the guy in the last podcast, famously. And while he still hasn't shown up like he did before he got the contract, this was probably his best game since he got paid. Uh, he had 12 points on four of eight shooting and 15 rebounds. And as you noted earlier in the game, he was being guarded by Rudy Gobert, who had 13 points and 14 rebounds, respectively, on six to seven shooting. So Rudy Gobert outplayed him, but for an undrafted free or not undrafted free agent, sorry, for a two-way guy that got converted to a full NBA contract and Moses Brown to come in and really hold his own against who many believe is the defensive player of the year at least the best interior defender in the NBA. Um, 
you know, that's that's worth noting. And, uh, you know, like I said, Moses Brown has his shortcomings, and we'll see those in the games coming up, you know, in this week. But uh, yeah. he, he really held his own here. So shout out Moses Brown. Proud to be there. Yeah. If I had to pick a second guy, it's probably Moses Brown, too. Uh, quick shout out to Ty Jerome, 14 2 and 2, uh, UVA guy. But yeah. Shout out to Moses Brown for putting up a 12 and 15 game. Like you said, Rudy Gobert down there was no easy task, um, especially since Gobert is really strong and Moses Brown is like, well, he's like if Brandon Ingram was a center, he's got yeah. that super lanky, skinny build. Um, so it's tough down there. That's probably another step he has to take is putting on some more muscle. Like a lot of guys on this roster, we could talk about Poku who did not play in this game, but he's just kind of got to develop and grow into his body more. That's evident a lot of times when he plays stronger centers, but this was a pretty good game for him. Yes, sir, man. And, you know, like you said, I mean, besides Todd Jerome, you know, he did it four threes off, off the bench. So, you know, that, that's worth a shout out, but there's, there's not a lot to talk about on the Thunder side of the ball. Um, you know, Moses Brown, Lee Dort was our leading scorer. So 42 and 12, no, Ty Drama 14. I'm sorry. Those were our three leading scorers. Our next leading scorer was Darius Basley with seven and yeah. <laughs> nine shooting. So yeah, I mean, that, that kind of shows you how the Thunder's night went offensively and we still only lost by 10 to the best team in the league. Yeah, it was it was door or nothing. I mean, when you have one player score 42 out of 96 points, like, yeah, it, it wasn't a great night for the Thunder offensively unless your name was Lou Dort. Yes, sir, man. All right, now we're going to transition to a game that was highly anticipated. It was going to be the first time that two legends, Steph Curry and Lou Dort, met in Lou Dort's career, and Steph Curry's career. And then, no, Lou Dort, on the uh, last injury report before game time, uh, was pulled because, what was it, his uh, his shoulder? Was that I, think, it was? I think it was shoulder. Yeah, I think it was like sore shoulder. Yeah, but let's call it what it is, man. <laughs> Dor- Dor- he was, was too bad. good he was too good <laughs> he was too good the night before yeah yeah that and like he was straight gas like if you're watching that game like uh, the jazz game like you know door doesn't take possessions off on defense but he <laughs> he was taking a few possessions off there at the end of the game he was visibly tired so um i i think that he needed a break because this was a back-to-back and he didn't want to follow steph curry around screens all night and you know what i don't blame him and, you know, at the end of the night, Steph Curry, 42 points, 14 to 20 shooting, 11 to 16 from three on with eight assists and six rebounds. Like that's that's just ridiculous efficiency in three quarters, yeah. too. Yeah. Well, yeah. He didn't even play in that fourth quarter. I mean, losing by 38 points. Yeah. Rough. Hey, but hey, single large item for the Thunder. I'm taking first here because I that's gave fair. you the door. Yeah, that's very fair. I mean, hey, there's more to choose from here. So, you know what? Have mm-hmm. at it. Uh, I'm going to go with Darius Baisley, though, man. 22 points, 8 rebounds, 10 of 18 shooting. He missed all three of his looks from deep, but um, he was aggressive throughout the night. Uh, he was doing a variety of ways, scoring at all three levels. And, you know, he he didn't just kind of fade into – fade into the game like he did against the Jazz. Like, you know, he was kind of like, okay, door's going off. I'm just going to – you know, I'm going to play defense, I'm going to rebound, I'm going to, you know, kind of play my role. But, like, mm-hmm. door out, even with Teo in, playing the lead ball handler role, um, Baisley really stepped up and, you know, tried to get some shots up and orchestrate the offense. So, uh, I, w- I was proud to see that out of Bays, and I thought he played pretty good. 
Yeah, uh, I think it was after this game that I tweeted in this last stretch of games, this last like um, 15 to 20 game stretch. I want Darius Baisley to be aggressive as all hell. I want him to go out there and just shoot, do it like like the way Dort's doing. Just go out there and try to impact the game because th- we're not making the playoffs right now. Ju- I was just wanting to see the young guys go out there and try and work out uh, some kinks in their game, develop, just kind of grow as players. We can see that happening with Dort. And I want to see the same thing happen with Baisley. He showed a lot of that potential in this Warriors game. Like you said, 22, eight and eight and one. Uh, If he hadn't shot a single three, he would have shot 66% from the the field. That three point shot is really the most inconsistent thing for him Mm -hmm. right now. Um, but I'm happy that he's taken them. You, you got to develop that confidence. That was something that Lou Dort did last season and continues to do this season. If you don't ever shoot the three, you're not going to gain that confidence from three and develop the shot. So even if he's missing them, I want him to keep taking them, want him to keep learning how to shoot those, uh, find better spots and rhythm. I felt like he did a great job of that in this game. Uh, sometimes it feels like Baisley could force things. He doesn't let the game come to him enough and it can oftentimes end up in him getting like he, a lot of times he gets stuck under the rim with like a bad shot and it just ends up getting blocked or he has this wild angle. That's like impossible to convert. So he's got to get better at letting the game come to him. And I feel like that's going to come with time. We've seen it happen with Pokushevsky over the course of this season. He's kind of developed that uh, Dort's developing that obviously Shea is. And I think Baisley is going to start trying to get there. He's been pretty good over these last couple of games. Like I think you mentioned earlier, but this game was really good for him. This is one of the best games I've seen from him all season. Yes, sir, man. And I think it's worth noting that in addition to his inexperience coming into the NBA, he also, I, I think, Maybe aside from Shea, like I would have to fact check this, but I think aside from Shea and maybe even including Shea, and we're not including Al Horford, but guys that are playing on the team right now, I think he's missed the most time um, of those players. So he he does have a little bit of ground to make up, but, you know, it seems like he's he's starting to catch his footing there. So, you know, good work, Baisley. I'm I'm not going to say shout out again. That's going to become a new absolutely. So, yeah, good work, Baisley. And uh, Connor, what's your single large item for this game? Um, I'm going to give kind of like a group shout out to the uh, our centers in this game. Tony Bradley, Moses Brown, Isaiah Roby, those three guys. All of them had really good games. I'll start with Moses Brown, who had another good game following his Jazz performance. Uh, the Warriors do not have very many quality bigs on their roster, and Moses Brown in this game needed to take advantage of that. And even though we got destroyed, he did take advantage of that. 18 points, 12 rebounds, 8 of 13 shooting too, which is efficient. Um, got two steals and two blocks as well, which was it was an all-around great game for Moses Brown following up on his Jazz performance. He's just got to take advantage of these matchups when he has them. It's tough sometimes when you get those bigger guys to try and get make that impact. So when you have these matchups – that are favorable to you, you have to take advantage. And that's exactly what he did. Similarly, Tony Bradley, 13.7 rebounds, one assist, six of seven shooting, uh, only one of four from the free throw line, but you know, that'll come along. Hopefully uh, this was a good game for him too. He's impressed me in his limited time here. Um, I like him as a backup big. We'll see if we keep him in the next season, but for right now, he's been really impressive to me. And then Isaiah Roby, nine, three and four didn't play, didn't do a ton. He ended up fouling out, which was his big flaw in this game. But when he was on the court, he was productive if he wasn't punching people. So um <laughs> but Roby's done some cool stuff. I feel like Roby's been a guy who 
started the season getting a lot of attention because everyone was talking about cutting him. And then he ended up being much better than a lot of people anticipated. Mm-hmm. And now he's kind of like faded into the background as the season has gone on, as Poku has taken over a little bit of the attention, Teo, Dort, Baisley, the usual guys, SJ, of course, um, new faces like Asfima Luke as well. So Isaiah Roby deserves some credit too. He's still continued to be a really productive player. And he still is a guy who I think is going to be part of this team's future. I'm not sure in what aspect, but for the at least short-term future, I think Roby is going to be uh, an integral role player off the bench. Yeah, for sure, man. And I'm, I'm still looking for a triple-double out of Isaiah Roby, man. He's been close a few times. It's It's got to happen. It's got to happen. And if it happens off the bench, it's even better. Um, but no, man, Tony Bradley, I, I mean, like you said, he's been very productive in the few games that he's got to play for the Thunder. Um, he just like, you know, he seems like a guy that just kind of clocks in and like does his job. Like he's, he's Mr. Reliable. Um, 13 and seven is one of the best games that he's had, um, here at OKC, especially with the six, seven shooting, but like you can usually pencil him in for like at least 10 and five, you know, off the bench on like yeah. 100 minutes. Like he played 15 minutes. Um, against the Warriors that night and he was able to lock in those minutes so yeah he's he's really good at, uh, at producing you know in the time that he's on there and I think that you might be faced with the choice of do I want to keep Moses Brown do I want to keep Tony Bradley and I honestly don't know what you want to do there because I think Tony Bradley might be better than Moses Brown but Moses Brown's obviously younger than Tony Bradley and is on a more controllable contract than Tony Bradley so yeah um, you know it, it's a it's kind of you can get with this you can get with that kind of thing that Preston might have to deal with in the offseason so it might be something fun to watch but yeah uh the Warriors absolutely destroyed us almost beat us by 40 147 109 uh burying the lead there so yeah it's uh, Steph Curry man that he's he's been ridiculous it's no one can stop him right now and without Lou Dort especially yeah there was there was no way Curry wasn't going to drop at least 40 on us yeah and you know, I, I, I've said this on Twitter a couple times, but I just want to reiterate on the podcast, like now that Kevin Durant's gone from the Warriors and we're even rooting for the Warriors so we can get that first round pick, which is not out of the realm of possibility with how the Warriors have been playing. Um, it's fun to get to watch root. Like it's fun to get to root for Steph Curry in basketball again, because he's such a fun player, man. <laughs> I have such a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, something I said in a, a YouTube video the other day was um, obviously as a Thunder fan, we or as both Thunder fans, we hate the Kevin Durant move because he left the Thunder, joined the Warriors. But as a basketball fan, something I hated is that we lost a couple years of Steph Curry just being Steph Curry mm-hmm. and destroying people as like that sole dominant option on the Warriors. Of course, having Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, but being like that supernova Steph that we had gotten so used to. Um, so it's cool to see him back. And like you said, it's really cool to root for him. Uh, I've always liked Steph Curry as a player. I love. I honestly really liked the Warriors before the Kevin Durant move. Um, so then after the after the Kevin Durant move, it, I didn't. I hated like rooting against them. And it's just nice, like you said, to be able to root for Curry again. He's so fun to watch. And I don't, he's just such a cool dude, it seems like. So, yeah, Curry deserves a lot of credit for the way he's been playing. Honestly, maybe playing like the best player in the league right now. Um, he's definitely up there. Whether or not he actually is the best player in the league is another debate. But just his play so far in this stretch of games he's had, I think he just tied Kobe Bryant with his 10th straight um, game with 30-plus points at this age, which is the longest in NBA history. Uh, I feel like he's probably going to – I'm not sure who they play next. Um, I think it's – oh, they play the Sixers tomorrow. That'll be a good one. Um, so if he has an opportunity there to take that record for himself. So we'll see about that. Get a little Ben Simmons action on him. 
Yeah, that, that'll be fun for the defensive player of the year conversation. <laughs> yeah. All this Mackey's been talking, he's got to back it up there. No, I, uh, you know, I, I, I do look forward to the day that we see Dort play Curry. I think we play them like, what, two or three times in the last few games of the season. So it very well could come here at the end of the year. But uh, I don't know how Dort's going to fare against Curry because I've talked about this on the pod before, like, as good of a defender door is, he really struggles getting around uh, screens. And if you watch tonight, like that, that was a, a big factor. Like they're late in the game. Like they would yeah, know, set a screen on door and he couldn't get around. And a couple of times he, he, he just got knocked out by it. So mm-hmm. uh, Steven Adams-esque. So um, I, I'm not saying he can't hold Curry. I'm not saying he can't guard Curry like in a respectable manner, but it mm-hmm. will be a new challenge for Dort to have to navigate through all the screens that Steph Curry does running off ball. Yeah, it's going to be, especially because nobody moves off ball like Steph Curry does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess slithery is like the best word to describe it. Yeah. The way he hesitates, like you said, around those off ball screens, especially. Uh, it's going to be really fun to watch. I really hope we get the opportunity to see them play against each other. Dort could go out there and get torched for 50 and I'd still enjoy it because I'd love to see a great defensive player and a great offensive player go against each other. So it'll definitely be a new challenge, like you said. And I think even if he does end up getting torched, which is very possible with the way Steph Curry's played this season, uh, just seeing him get the opportunity to try and learn from those experiences is going to be a cool thing if it happens. Yes, sir, man. All right, we're moving on to the Detroit Pistons and the battle of the tankers here. And there, there was a lot of tank gymnastics going on. You know, obviously the Thunder missing Shea Gildas Alexander, Pokashevsky, Horford, Moose. Uh, Dort came back for this game. Baisley was there. And um, for the Pistons side, you didn't have Jeremy Grant. You didn't have Thunder legend Hamdou Diallo. You didn't have Wayne Ellington. And I thought, oh, Mason Plumley. They was also missing Mason Plumley in this game. So it was like, okay, this this is like an actual tank battle. Like they're, they're both trying to lose this game like actively. And when Thunder announced that Dort was playing, it was like, I don't know about it, man. <laughs> I don't know about it. But um, yeah, the Pistons ended up winning this game 110 to 104. And Connor, I, I went first last time. So it's only right I'll let you go first this time. What's your single large item for this game? I'll say I'll save Dort for you. Okay. Um I kind of want to, I, I almost want to use one to give credit to the Pistons here. Um, I think I'm, right, I'm going to talk about Darius Baisley, but I also want to give credit to the Pistons afterwards. Uh, Baisley, 19-7-2, uh, another solid game from him. Of course, the one like problem on his, on his resume from this game was uh, the uh, three-point shooting. It was just not there yeah. in this game. Uh, this is the game he shot one for 10, right? Mm-hmm. Not yeah. for lack of trying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was... It was rough. It was rough from a three-point shooting standpoint. But like I said, if if he's going to shoot him, I want him to shoot a lot of them. Uh, don't be timid out there. Go ahead. Try and do what you got to do. And putting him 19-7-2, that's nothing to scoff at, of course. That one for 10 shooting has got to be better. But like we talked about, he's missed a lot of time. He's missed a lot of that developmental time that other guys on the team have had. And I think he's really going to find his groove in this last section of the season. It's just up to that efficiency. I think he's got the ability to get shots. It's just can he hit them when he gets to those spots he wants? Um, and like I said, I want to give a shout out to the Pistons. I want to talk about Isaiah Stewart or just give credit to Isaiah Stewart, yeah. who had 15 and 21 in this game. Uh, Stewart is really, really good. And uh, yeah, it just feels like the Pistons always have a generational rebounder on their team. It's just impossible for them not to. And uh, Stewart's a guy who I would love, I would love on the Thunder, but 
uh, as a guy who's watched a lot of young talent this season and has really enjoyed watching young guys develop, uh, the way that I, 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 I oh my God, Isaiah Stewart hey, has played. Yeah, I pulled a you. Uh, the way that Isaiah Stewart has played this season has been super fun to watch. I, I watch Pistons games more than I would like to care to admit because I, like I said, I just enjoy watching up and coming young cores and he deserves a lot of credit, especially going up against a guy like Moses Brown, who's really tall, who went 12 and eight tonight. Um, and Isaiah Stewart is undersized. I believe he's only like six, nine, mm-hmm. if I'm correct. And grabbing that many rebounds against a guy who's that much taller than him just speaks to his hustle and his ability to uh, grab those loose balls and find where the ball is going. So he deserves a shout out from me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Isaiah Stewart as well. Um, you know, Sorry, Isaiah Stewart, you you did get bodied by Terry's basically there early in the game. Yeah, that's why I talked about them together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was that was a monster dunk, man. And I think uh, I, I don't who did they play the next game? I, I saw Isaiah Stewart got dunked on again. Uh the Pistons. Then oh, who was it that did that? Um, the Pistons after our game, they played the Wizards. Who dunked on him in this game? Let me see. Let me Thank see. you. I, rem- I remember it happening. I can't remember who dunked on him. Isaiah Stewart has been dunked on a lot <laughs> this season, it feels like. Um, but that also is a testament to how much he's going to contest you at the rim. Yeah. So, Yeah, I mean, that that goes to show, like, you know, when we had Antonio Daniels on the pod, we asked him about Iverson's, like, double crossover on him where, where he made him fall down twice. And he's like, you know, obviously, like, it's a play that a lot of people look at, but, like, if you're in this league long enough, you're going to get crossed up, you're going to get dunked on. It's just going to happen, and if you're not, you're not playing defense hard enough, so maybe you should look at yourself in the mirror, so shout mm-hmm. out Isaiah Stewart. He's, damn, it's a shout out again. <laughs> Isaiah Stewart's out there playing defense, but, um, yeah, man, let's let's go back to Lou Dort here, um, who tried to get things going like he did in the Jazz game, even after missing the Warriors game, and he was a little off early, but he really came into form late, Shot 9 to 23 of 8 from deep at 26, 6, 2 assists, 4 fouls. Um, I think the thing that kind of hampered uh, Lou Dort in this game defensively, he didn't have that one guy to just kind of zone in on, on defense. Yeah. And it, it was just kind of an awkward game for him because, like, you know, the Pistons got some good young players. They got Sadiq Bay. Um, they got Isaiah Stewart, like you said. But, you know, that's that's not Dort's kind of guy. They got yeah, exactly. Who hasn't really panned out and they got Josh Jackson who I would not consider worthy of Lou Dort's defense usually <laughs> I mean apparently he should have been it this was a game goals. for him but um yeah man I, I think that Dort kind of needs that marquee guy to like fully lock in on defense and who knows maybe he was still tired from just you know torching the jazz a couple a couple nights ago so um but yeah man I mean hey he still put on led the team 26 points and, you know, it's just a sign of things to come. And hopefully it just keeps on coming for us. So, yeah, Lee Dort was a boss. And uh, we won the first tank battle of the week against the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, this was a, this was a big tank battle win. Uh, trying to catch as many teams as we can. I don't know if we're going to catch the Pistons. I think the magic are definitely possible with the way that we're losing games right now. Uh, the Pistons are another animal. That's going to be tough to catch. And I don't think we're getting anywhere close to the Wolves or the Rockets. So, you know, we got to take all these tank battle wins we can get while we're playing the actual teams. Let's see here. So, so we beat we beat the Grizzlies in March. We lost to the Bulls. We beat the Rockets. That sucked. Okay. We beat the Timberwolves. Grizzlies beat us. Uh, the Rap, We beat the Raptors. That was the last game in March. Then after that, 
we lost to the Pistons, lost to the Cavs, lost to the Pistons, and we lost to the Raptors tonight, 112 to 106. And um, we had some chances to win that game. And we really did. This was honestly one of our best tanking efforts of the season. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it, it was it was like we said the Detroit Pistons game. It was both sides like trying to tank because before this game it was announced Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet, Aaron Baines, and Jalen Harris were all gonna miss this game. <laughs> yeah, they they released it all like at once. It was just or like their injury report came out and I follow that account Fantasy Labs NBA that tweets out whenever a player is out and it was like I got four notifications in a row. It's like. Siakam listed out tonight. Fred Van Vliet listed out tonight. Kyle Lowry, OG Ananobi. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be it. We're going to win, aren't we? And we, and we tried, to. <laughs> we, we tried uh, we, to. We tried to, but we tried to lose better. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, I, 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 I'm going to take the single large out first here. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you Lou Dort because, you know, I, I talked about Lou Dort in the last one. Uh, my single large item here. I'm going to go with Darius Basley. He had 16 points. He had eight rebounds. He shot six of 15, so, like, not super efficient, but he did hit three of five from deep. He did really good. And um, I'm, I'm going to kind of couple him in here. I'm going to take my uh, my point forward, my long, skinny point forwards, and I'm going to couple in Alexa Pokshevsky, you know, because famously he's been my favorite player since the draft time. Uh, eight points, yes, absolutely. seven rebounds. <laughs> Five assists and six blocks. At one point in the game, I tweeted that he needed one assist and five steals to get a five-by-five. Five. He got the one assist. He did not get the five steals. <laughs> but um, he did become the uh, – I think he holds the record by a rookie for a Thunder in blocks a game. Yeah. he uh, Serge had five, I believe, as mm-hmm. a rookie. And then now Poku's has got the record, obviously, uh, with six. And then he also leads all rookies this season mm-hmm. with six blocks uh, as the highest – yeah, I think uh, I think he had the highest when he had five, and then you know he just just flexing on with that six block. So yeah, I had to step it up, break his own record. Yeah, shout out to our long lanky point fours that everybody was mad when we drafted them, uh, Alex Pokashevsky and Darius Baisley. Um, you know, I mean, with both of them, man, like I, I just admire the confidence. That's that's kind of like a theme throughout this season for the young guys. Like, you know, I don't care that Poku missed ten shots and missed eight threes. I I'm happy he shot eight threes like I don't care that Baisley you know shot 15 shots and he missed nine I'm happy he shot 15 shots and you know like we said with Lou Dort like Dort was missing these shots before and it's you know like packing that season and you know we talked about with Moose how that season really rings true with the locker room still you know Chris Paul told Lou Dort like dude keep shooting that ball like I trust you I believe you like you know it's it's gonna fall eventually and I, I think that that's kind of being echoed throughout the team. I think Shea even um, – let, let me find that quote. I, I saw it on an Instagram page. Um, I think Lou was talking about Shea, and he said that while Shea's been out, he's, like, kind of been giving him pointers. Let, let me find the exact quote here. And, of course – okay, yeah, here we go. So, Dort says, he's been telling me tricks and things to help me get better. He helps the whole team. So Shea's not just being a lazy guy sitting out there on the bench while while he's not playing. He's out there actively trying to help the team. And I think he's trying to instill confidence in these younger players. Like, you know, keep shooting. We believe in you. We trust in you. And, you know, you're not going to have a short leash. You know, just do you, man. We got it. So, uh, yeah. Once again, 
Good job, Baisley. Good job, Pogoshevsky. And uh, if I want to do one more long lanky guy, Kendrick Williams, 12 points, four or five, mm-hmm. two, two shooting. So there's my long lanky guys <laughs> from a long lanky guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, like on the other side of the ball defensively, I think this game shows how much potential this team has in terms of defense. Um, mm-hmm. Pokushevsky, six blocks. He had like a couple where guys just went up and were like, I'm going to dunk on you. And Poku said, no, actually, you're not going to dunk on me. No, Kuchevsky. Exactly. I might be really skinny, but I'm built like a tree. And he just went up there and put two hands up, blocked the ball. I think it was Gary Trent Jr. on one of them and DeAndre Bembry on the other one. Mm -hmm. And that was amazing to see because I feel like in the past, Poku might have gotten dunked on there, but it shows how he's grown and he's developed better at positioning himself. That's something I've noticed a lot watching these games. Poku's in better positions to block and contest shots now than he was at the beginning of the season. And that alongside with Darius Baisley had a huge block. Uh, I forget who it was on uh, towards the end of the game that almost helped us uh, end up winning the game, but it didn't obviously because we are the superior tanking squad. Mm-hmm. And alongside with those two, I see a lot of defensive potential with those two, especially Poku. If he gets a little bit stronger, he already has really good technique and really good positioning under the basket. If he can just get a little bit stronger to kind of deter shots a little bit more, he's going to be a monster down there defensively. You add in Lou Dort, obviously we know how good he is defensively and Baisley, who I think is a lot of tools to be that really good defensive player. He's just got to keep getting better in forms in terms of like technique and stuff like that. And I think having guys like, Poku who has like the uh, physical skills and Dort who just has like that really good technique around him will help him kind of learn develop that and it bodes really well for this team in terms of uh, being a better defensive team and I think that's kind of the identity we might see as we start to get like move more towards contention I could definitely see uh, see us being this like really hard to score against type of club where um, you go up against Lou Dort, you get past him and then po- and then Baisley shades over onto you. And if you get around him, then Poku's at the rim. So I don't know. It's just really fun to watch and think about those types of stuff. I think this is going to be a game that we can look back to that shows that defensive potential if we live up to it. Um, another long linky boy who did not have a good game is Moses Brown, um, zero points, four rebounds. Yeah, this was, uh, I think this is the game you were alluding to at the beginning when you said, uh, he has some bad games coming up. This was probably his worst game or almost like the whole time he's been in the NBA. Uh, this was just a bad one from him. Wasn't wasn't his night. Uh, Chris Boucher, the center of the other team, obviously torching us, uh, 31 points, 12 rebounds, two assists. It was it was a good game from him, but nine, oh no. he shot nine threes. Hey, Chris Boucher's got that man. Chris Boucher, Chris Boucher's got a flamethrower on him. A battle, and then I mean our Montreal guy Lou Dort. If I'm talking about my single large item, also came out. You know he's also got that flamethrower on him at times. Uh, like we said, Lou Dort can be kind of streaky and. As you alluded to earlier, he had that fantastic first quarter against the Jazz. And then tonight, he one-upped himself with an even better first quarter. Um, It was just unreal. It felt like he could not miss in that first quarter. Um, Actually, he, like, did not miss in that first quarter. Yeah, He's just – his ability to, like, get hot in those first quarters and sustain it is really impressive. Uh, He was not nearly as aggressive in the other three quarters. We, I think Mark Dagnall might have been like, yo, bro, you're helping us win a little too much because I don't think he came back in until like 
the five minute mark in like the second quarter. He played the first 11 minutes and didn't come back in for a while. Um, but in that first quarter, like I said, 21 points, two rebounds, seven of seven shooting, five of five from three. It's not even like they're just leaving him open. He shot a tra- like a pull up transition three because his defender sagged off a little too much. And that speaks to the confidence you were talking about. Every player on this team is confident. There's no one that's timid. Everyone thinks they belong in the NBA. And I think that's one of my favorite things about this team. Uh, No one is shying away from the moment. That's something you need as an NBA player to become great is you need that confidence. And Dort's got that. I think playing with Chris Paul, like you said, where Chris Paul was like, yo, Dort, we know you've got that. We need you to keep shooting that in that rocket series where a lot of times they would just kind of leave him open from three. And Chris Paul was like, bro, if you don't shoot that, I'm going a, I'm to a yell at you. I'm going to be pissed. And he, le- he learned to shoot it. He, he knows to shoot it now. He has that confidence. Like I mentioned, his mid-range game. Uh, he shot a couple of them this game that were incredible to watch. He had like a step back mid-range two at one point against Malachi Flynn. He, he just continues to show out and continues to develop. Um, I said before this game, if Lou Dort showed out, I was going to buy his earned jersey. I was going to do it, but unfortunately the Thunder Shop has them all sold out in larges right now. Mm. So I can't really do that right now. So I'll, I'll keep an eye on that uh, for right now. But maybe I'll have to DM them on Twitter. Just be like, yo, when's that coming back? Because I'm trying <laughs> to get one. Uh, but just shout out to Dort again, man. He also played good defense on Gary Trent Jr. Gary Trent Jr. Uh, scored a lot. But it was because he shot a lot. He shot nine of 25 from the field for 23 points, which is a solid scoring output. Not good percentage, though. Um, Five of 10 from three was the main thing that um, he did pretty well on. As Dylan, did your power just go hours? My wife just woke up and turned a lamp off. Okay. Uh, Dylan's now sitting in the dark on the Zoom call. I was super confused because I was like, oh, his power must have went out and then you were still on the call. Um, Yeah, but shout out to Dort again. I know we've mentioned his name a hundred times on this podcast, but that's how good he's been this week, Uh, especially after this game. I hope he gets player of the week. I think the NBA might give it to him because they usually try to do like different guys. It's tough with Steph Curry because I feel like obviously he's been the best player this week. But at the same time, I know they like giving it to young guys. I know they like giving it to different people. And Steph Curry has been really good. Give Dort this player of the week, and I won't shut up about it for the next month or so. We, we got to keep, keep beeping that horn, man. Let me let me see if it's got the – nah, they don't. Basketball reference is really good, man, but they are, they're kind of slow in getting their stats up here. I was going to try to do the three-game average of – Oh, I actually – I've actually got that. Hold on. I tweeted that out earlier. Here we go. All right. Uh, Lou Dort's last three games, 32.3 points per game, 5.6 rebounds, 2.3 assists, 2.6 steals, shooting 51.5% from the field and 55.5% from three on about about nine attempts per game from downtown. That'll do it. I'll do it, man. Every time, man, I'm, I need to chill out because like every time Dort comes out and does it, like these last few games, man, I just can't help but see. I'm like, man, what if Dort turns into like a Drew Holiday? Like, what if he becomes like an all-star caliber guy, a bolt on like a def- like a defensive monster, a guy who can hit shots? And I don't know, man. Maybe I'm getting too hyped, but like, I'm. I tweeted this out earlier with the way this core continues to play. Got different guys showing on in different nights. If we get that top five pick, the playoffs might come very soon. Like as soon as next year. Uh, with the way that guys have been playing and with SGA, like we're being, even though we're losing these games, we're super competitive almost every single night. Um, if you don't count the games that we lose by like 30, um, we still have some competitive performances. And this is with Shea sitting, obviously Horford sitting and all that stuff, but the playoffs could come soon. And if we get two top five picks in this draft, if that Rockets pick comes to us, 
um, the rebuild might be close to over mm-hmm. with how talented some of these guys are. So it's just a cool time to be a Thunder fan. Yeah, I don't disagree, man. You know, but we kind of touched on that last podcast. I think uh, Alex made the mistake to say we would be contending at that point. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need year, to. But... <laughs> we'll slow it up a little bit. <laughs> but no, man. Like, yeah, I, 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 I don't think you're wrong. Like, you know, I mean, if you look at this team and and a lot of other podcasts, like Thunder Podcast, have been talking about this. You know, um, there's the theory that the way the Thunder is building this team, like it looks like they want to draft Evan Mobley in this draft because they have guards plenty. They have all these wings. They really like, if, if you look at their team, their only weakness is big man where they have Moses Brown, um, Tony Bradley, and maybe Isaiah Roby, if you want to include him there. So like, if you throw Evan Mobley in that spot, then, you know, maybe things start to change. And like you said, if you get another top five pick, like, um, you know, say you get Mobley and Kaminga and you get a Kaminga off the bench to like go out there and develop and, you know, kind of run the second unit with Teo and Baisley or Poku or whoever, like, I mean, that that's ridiculous. And, and, you know, like, like you said, you know, even if we get two top five guys, like it's going to be scary, but like, we're not contending right away. You yeah, know, exactly. got to grow and develop. And I believe they will, like, you know, our coaching staff and our organization, you know, through them, like, I've seen no evidence that they won't. So uh, I'm very excited. I was talking to, uh, I was talking to a anti-tanking truther today and I, you know, I I told him, I'm like, you know, it's almost over. Like, you know, you can't deny that we're tanking this year. Like that's happening, but next year might be a different story. If Shea does what he does, like we know what he does in the off season and he takes another step and adds something to his bag and, you know, becomes an even better player next year. If Dort continues to grow, Poku, Teo, Baisley, and then depending on how those draft picks, you know, kind of fall into place. And like we talked about last podcast, like we're probably going to trade out Horford. And based on his play this past season, we're probably going to get something back for him. You know, so based on how all the chips, you know, fall into place, like we could start contending for a playoff spot next year, not just play in like a playoff spot. So, um, yeah, and, you know, kind of like a lot of the anti-tankers, um, well, basis this year is playoff experience is, invalu- is invaluable for young guys, and I don't disagree with that at all. But <laughs> it, it's one thing, and it, it's a different thing to go to the playoffs just to get first-rounded like we have for the past, you know, three, four years or whatever. But it's another thing – where if you have a foundation for something greater and you're going there, you know, as a learning experience, not just because like, let's get to the playoffs. Like that's our goal. I know our goal is a title. Let's go to the playoffs so we can get our feet wet, kind of see what it takes preparation wise. And so we can get back the next year and we can go farther next year and we can go farther and eventually reach our goal. So I'm hundred percent with you, man. I think, uh, I think next year could kind of be, to be the start of a, a, you know another shift in how you know thunder fans watch these games um so yeah and, and i'm excited about it not not just because it would bump our listens back up a little bit higher but you know uh, i'm just excited to see winning basketball because like you said it's weird to cheer for your team to lose but you're cheering for them to win in the long run so that, that's kind of how i look at it anyways yeah uh this 
I don't know, like obviously tanking is not the most fun thing, but it is really fun to see these young guys again, opportunity to develop opportunity to expand their games. And I mean, ultimately it's, it's going to be what gets us there in the long run. I spent all season saying that I, I find it hard to root for us to lose just because I'm a massive fan of the team. And I want, I know the guys want to win. So I want to see them win. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to be mad if we lose. That's been the mindset this season. So I'm not mad. Um, some people ask me on Twitter, they're like, how are you like every time, like I tweet out my like thoughts after the game, every time we lose, I'm like, I really love this team. And people are like, how do you not like want to blow everything up after this game? And it's because it's I have that vision in mind. I'm picturing uh, SGA holding up that finalist trophy with Dort, uh, Pokushevsky after winning his third consecutive league MVP, um, <laughs> you know, visions of that type stuff. Mark Dagnall winning his fourth coach of the year in a row um, after the four P just stuff like that. Just visions of what is to come. And this is part of the building block for that. I think last season was part of the building block, letting Dort get that playoff experience. Let, that game seven for Dort, I think honestly losing that game seven is what spurred him to become so good this season. It's clear after that game how much he cared about his game. Yeah. And I think losing that game, after putting up that incredible performance, he was like, I still have to get better. And he has done exactly that. I think Shea in that playoffs, he felt like he disappointed his team a little bit. He didn't quite play up to the level that he knew he was capable of. And I think that helped spur him. All of these seasons, last season, this season, and next season, which could be a playoff season, I think it will probably be one more down year. I guess it'll depend on which picks we get and what ends up happening with Al Horford. Like you said, I think he gets traded, and he is a big part as to why this team won a bunch of games prior to going full tank mode, which has been really impressive. But um, these seasons, these this is where you like build your franchise uh you don't get those winning seasons without these down seasons and i know people don't want to tank i know people don't want to see their team lose games but ultimately it's kind of necessary in this league especially if like you can look at teams like the lakers who lost for seasons and they got picks and they turned those guys that they picked into anthony davis that's not going to happen for us we could turn those guys into someone like that but the lakers to do that had to attract lebron james as a free agent before any of that and the Thunder aren't going to get a LeBron James unless we draft Bronny James with one of our picks. That is a potential option, but um, we're, we're just not going to get like those guys. So we've got to be bad for a little bit. And even when we're bad, we're really fun to watch. So I'm not complaining about it. I think this season is going to go a long way in setting us up for the future. Yeah. And just, just kind of closing thought on this, this, this discussion. And, you know, it's, it's, it's been a fun discussion to have, but like, fundamentally that's just kind of how it is in order for you to succeed you have to in order for you to succeed at something you have to fail at at first like you know you don't just walk into success like you have to have experience in that and you know you talk about Shay like you know he came out I remember he scored by nine points in game one and I was like I promise Shay's not gonna have nine points in game one and then he came out in game two and game three and he was dominating and I was like this is awesome I wrote an article and it was on Daily Thunder and then after that he just put up a stinker the next couple of games and it was like oh dang Shay that kind of sucks but you know like you said with Dort like he took that failure personally and you've seen kind of the fruits of that this season you've seen you know how how seriously he takes that like how hard he took that and how much it wanted to make him work how much it motivated him how much it drove him uh, to be a better player and you know we saw that this season and you know I'm talking about this team there hasn't been a lot of failure in terms of like the young players like sure like you know there's losses and everything but like as a whole like the young players like the roster they've all been playing pretty good so 
even if we was to make the playoffs next year, like, you know, say we get Evan Mobley, pipe dream, we get Jonathan Kaminga. I don't, I'm not saying like, you know, we're going to win a championship. I'm not saying we're getting to the Western Conference Finals. I think that, you know, we're going to have some bumps in the road, maybe this coming year, maybe the next year as well in the playoffs. But I think that failure is going to set us up for the long-term success that we are so desperate for. So uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. It's like, uh, I, I think Walt Disney said it in the Meet the Robinsons movie. Um, in, in order to, I, I don't know what the quote is. <laughs> I just set that up and I don't know it at all. But it has something to do with, you know, you have to fail. Like, just keep trying because eventually you'll get it. Something like that. Mm-hmm. I know which quote you're referencing. So I got it. I understand the um, the emotional impact of it. <laughs> I've, I've, oh, I've got to keep moving forward. That's what it is. There you go. Around here, however, we don't look backwards for very long. We keep moving forward, opening new doors, doing new things. Curiosity leads us down new paths, new paths to victory. Speaking mm-hmm. of the new path, Connor, man, we've got five games coming up in the month. And I just got to tell you, who the heck is trying to enter the Zoom room? Hold on. <laughs> if this is Jerry, I might lose my Who is it? Just a Zoom user. It's a dark room. I think it's Alex. Is it Alex? Yep. What's, what's up, man? Hey, hey Alex. Man. How y'all doing? Pretty good, pretty good. We just finished a single large item. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, we're uh, we was gonna skip the would you rather stuff and just do it another another week, like when we have more people on here. But uh, we was about to okay. talk about you know just kind of the upcoming schedule. He's gonna do a trending topic at Shayer Night if you want to stick on for that. Uh huh. That work? That works, man. All right, bet. I'm gonna pick up here. All right, so yeah, man. Our uh, I said five game. We we have six games coming up in the month of April. Uh, we play the Wizards twice. We play the Pacers. We play the Sixers, the Celtics, and the Pelicans. Now, guys, I, I don't have the NBA standings pulled up ahead of me, but just kind of looking at those games, I can tell you that all six of those teams, well, five of those teams, because we play the Wizards twice, all five of those teams are going to be trying the hardest they can to win. It is yeah. very possible <laughs> that we finish the month of April without a win. <laughs> I I think that's the way it's like. What are, is it? Eleven game losing streak right now? Uh, this is ten. This was this yeah, was last number ten. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I see a. Uh, I think I see a fifteen sixteen game losing streak on our uh, plate. I don't. I don't. The way the Wizards are playing right now, I don't see us beating them. I think Russ is going to torch us because mm-hmm. um, Dort can only guard one of Russ or Beal, and the other, I think the other one's going to try and torch us. Um, Pacers are kind of struggling right now, but like you said, they're going to be trying hard as hell to win uh, the Sixers game. I might be at that game, um, and mm-hmm. I've got I've got a pretty good record being at the games. I think I'm three and one at uh, when I'm at Thunder games. So hopefully that luck turns around <laughs> and we end up uh, losing that one. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting. We really could end April a very packed April without a win, which is even crazier. The amount of games that we're going to play in this month and might not come out with a win. Uh, yeah, I think it depends if Shea comes back. If Shea comes back for like that Pelicans game, it could be a win. Uh, the Celtics are on fire. The Wizards are on fire. The Pacers are kind of struggling, but they're going to try to win. Um, yeah, if I'm if I'm calling it right now, I think we end April without a win. And that's all right with me. <laughs> it's what we got to do. <laughs> Alex, what you thinking, man? 
Uh, yeah, man, that's what that's what it's looking like, man. It's looking like April is going to be a uh, a strug fest for us to actually go ahead and you know get any type of victory. Like I thought today was probably the best opportunity to get any type of victory. Um, I thought today in Detroit, so Toronto and Detroit were going to be the best opportunities. And now that those have kind of gone by the wayside, I could definitely see it just going, you know, un not undefeated, unwin, you know, for the month of April. Like, it, like when you get past the Wizards game on the 24th, 23rd or 24th, literally from that point on, it's all playoff teams. So, like, I mean, it's, it's teams that have a better record than we do. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, until we start facing, like, those Sacramentos at the end of the season, um, I, I, can, I can really see us just pile on the, the, the losses from here on out. Yeah, man, because to your point, like, even in May, like, at, like after, you know, that six-game stretch in April, in May we play the Pacers, the Suns, the Kings, the Warriors, the Warriors, the Kings, the Kings, the Jazz, the Clippers – and the Kings and the Warriors specifically are two teams that are going to be fighting hard for that play-in spot. Suns are one of the best teams in the NBA. Jazz are one of the best teams in the NBA. Clips are one of the best teams in the NBA. And, you know, like we already talked about, like the Pacers are going to try to be jockeying for, for position um, in that Eastern Conference race. So, yeah, I – Guys, it's possible we don't win another game if Shea don't come back. I was, I was going to say, um, I don't want to jinx it necessarily, but it's definitely possible we don't win another game. Uh, that would kind of hurt because what, what would that be? That would be a – we're at 10 right now, so it would be 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 20. That would be a 25-game 20, losing – well, win, losing streak. 25-win lose streak, however you want to look at it, depending on your uh, tanking stance. But yeah, that, that would be rough. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Like y'all are saying, um, every team we play is we got a very easy stretch of our schedule out of the way and we did not win games. I think the Kings, if I had to call right now, I would mm-hmm. say we probably win like three more games this season. I think we could win one of the Kings games. We might win one of the two games against the Pacers. Um, and then just one of the other games somewhere in there randomly because the Thunder team likes to win even if they aren't supposed to or people don't think they're going to. So I don't know. If I had to call right now, I would probably go three more wins on the season, which ends up giving us uh, like 23 on the season, um, which is how many did we win in the first half of the season? Mm, I thought we won 20, didn't we? Was that right, or was it like a little bit? No, I think we we've we, we've won in the second half of the season. I think it's been like, I think we had like nineteen eighteen wins. I think we've only won once or twice since the All Star break. Um, it's been rough because I know I know we won with Shea, and then Shea disappeared, and since then it's mm-hmm. been uh it's been a struggle or a success depending on how you want to look at the tanking thing. Um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, we keep talking about, like, this kind of hinges on if Shea comes back. But Dagnall came out, I don't remember if it was yesterday, the day before, and he said something like Shea's taken a, I don't remember what the terminology was, like a step back or he had a setback in his rehab for his plantar fasciitis. Mm-hmm. Um, we signed James Robinson to another 10-day contract, like, either that day or the day before. And I just feel like the timing of those two things just seem a little suspect to me. 
And, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to be for 10 days. I don't know if it's going to be for two weeks. I don't know if it's going to be for the season. But even down to Dunk said, you know, if by the end of April, Shea's not playing, like, why are you going to bring him back for the final nine games? Why are you going to risk your franchise cornerstone mm-hmm. for a meaningless nine games? So, uh, if at that point Shea's not back and, you know, like we say, we lose out in April, it's very possible we we end the season on a 25-game losing streak and we end up with the number one odds for in the draft lottery. Yeah. Uh, like, even, I, like even even with that, I don't, I don't even think we can catch Houston and Minnesota. Yeah, that's very optimistic of me. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think right now the goal is to get that four spot so that we have – we're tied for the best odds to get that number one overall pick. I think that is the goal at the end of the season. If we're in that four spot, I'm happy with it. I'm cool with that. Um, Just get as high up as we can. I mean, catching Detroit isn't out of the question. Um, I need to look at their schedule again. Um, This is, I guess this has now just kind of become us trying to figure out how the tanks going to finish out the season. Um, But I mean, in terms of Detroit, like their schedule They've got the Cavs tomorrow, um, which is an interesting one because the Cavs are right behind us. But the mm-hmm. way we're losing, I don't think the Cavs are catching us. I think we want the, I think we need the Pistons to win that one. Um, I mean, the, the the Pistons have winnable games on here. They, re- they really do. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to be able to catch them, but they've definitely got some winnable games. Like Cavs are winnable. Um, the Spurs have been kind of up and down. The Pistons are, haven't played badly as of recently. Um, like they've been competitive, even if they're losing games, I don't know. I could see them beating like, a ma- I think they could beat the magic. I think they might be able to beat the Hornets. One of their two games, maybe the bowls, probably the wolves, um, maybe a nuggets or a heat if they're resting players at that point. So I don't know. Uh, catching the Pistons is probably like the highest we could get. Well, hey, uh, transitioning into our next topic in which we're going to trending topics. A new idea for a sound there that I'm gonna put. I think I'm gonna put burr, burr, burr. So yeah, look out Ooh, for that. I like spot. it. <laughs> All right, so trending topics, guys. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since we got to do this, but you know the drill. If we pick something Thunder or NBA related, and we talk about it as a trending topic, either trending up or trending down. For example, Doji Coin was trending up going into the weekend, and now it is trending down. Um, I had a chance to sell and get a thousand dollars, and I ended up only with six hundred dollars. So that sucks. Hey, I mean, it could have been worse. Yeah, could have lost money, but yeah, it, it's all good. You know, glass half empty, glass half full. But I'm I'm gonna get started off here with trending topics. And speaking of Detroit and how they've been playing lately, uh, my trending topic is Hamadou Diallo's revamped three point shooting. <laughs> And let let me pull this up. So, since Hamadou's been in Detroit, he's played, let's see here, 10 games for the Detroit Pistons. All right. And in those games, he shot 46.7 from three on one and a half attempts. And I'll get your totals here in a second. But in the games that he played for the Thunder, he played, let's see here, 32 games. And basketball reference hates me. Cool. All right, cool. In those games, he shot 29.3%. Now, I get it. It's a smaller sample size. I get all that. But it just seems that he's he's having an easier time shooting the ball in Detroit. And 
especially in our final stretch as we're kind of going in these tank wars with Detroit and they're going in these winnable games and Hami's, you know, actually playing in those games, uh, he could be a big difference. And not only shooting the ball, like he's been, he's been great for Detroit. Like he's had double doubles for them. He's had huge plays late in games for them. Like Hami's been a great, it, it's, it's been a really uh, mutually beneficial deal, the Hamidou Diallo and Speed Mahalouk trade. Um, for the Thunder and the Pistons. So um, I said, I wasn't going to say again, shout out Hami. And that is my training topic for the week. Uh, Connor, what's your training topic, man? Uh, real quick, I want to say how funny it is because now also Spee is dunking a lot for us. So it's like yeah. they traded powers when they went, when they switched sides, they just acquired a little bit of each other's powers, which is kind of amazing. Um, yeah, but if, if, only, if only those players could have been combined. Yeah, man. It's if instead of the trade powers, they did like a fusion form type of thing, man, that would be like a top five role player in the NBA. That'd be crazy. Um, all right. My trending topic, man, I don't want to, I won't, I was going to go Dort, but I won't go Dort because we've only talked about Dort the entire podcast episode. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I guess I'll just go with our, uh, I'll go with the, the ability of us to tank, we talked about this earlier in the season and a lot um, like leading up to the all-star break, how the thunder, it was crazy. It was just, we were unable to tank. A lot of that came from last season where people expected us to be really bad. And now we are probably the best tanking team in the NBA at the current moment. Obviously the Rockets had that Owen 20 stretch, which uh, I, I will give them that they did that better, but like teams are coming out here sitting a bunch of guys like the Raptors uh, doing we talked about earlier sitting like half their guys tonight and we just you know tanked tanked right past them Um, so just the way that we like flipped that switch it's like we got to the all-star break um, played a couple games and then we're like all right we're just gonna lose for the rest of the season we're just gonna lose every single game and it's been kind of crazy to see after all the memes about oh the Thunder don't know how to tank Sam Presti at home watching the Thunder win um all those memes and stuff like that. And now all people can talk about in the timeline is how did the thunder get so good at tanking? It's like they had a switch to flip and all Mark Dagno had to do was say the code word. And the team's like, all right, we're going to lose 10 in a row. So uh, the ability to tank is definitely trending up. The ability of the thunder to historically not tank is trending down. It's like the winter soldier program. Mark just exactly. had to say the 11 words. and, and the 11 words. <laughs> Yeah. It was like, the he was like freight car. Yeah, he just said the name of like the eleven players that were going to play for the rest of the season, <laughs> and then the tank the tank was activated. That's how it happened. That's nice. All right, Alex, what's your turn to topic, man? Uh, man, I'm 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 a little bit unprepared for the trending topic. It's all good. Uh, but I I will say so. I was watching the game today, uh, part of the game, and I, I don't know if this can be trending topic or whatever, but I I feel. I, I feel kind of bad for Tampa um, because like they're not, they, they're not getting the opportunity to show out um, to the NBA mm-hmm. as far as how good of a market they could be possibly like Oklahoma city got a chance to do, Yeah, you know, and it just kind of sucks because, you know, the NBA is talking about expansion. You know, the, the, the word is out there and you could possibly add two teams, you know, and, and, you know, more than likely Seattle's going to get one. Yeah. Um, but then that second team, you know, whether it's Vegas, whether, you know, once you get past Vegas, I don't really know too many other options out <laughs> there. You know, Louisville, <laughs> Louisville, 
you got you know you got them talking about the Norfolk area, um, but yeah, I mean like Tampa yeah. would have been would have been something like you know it, it would have been good for them to get this opportunity to to sell out a building, you know eighteen nineteen twenty thousand strong every night be cheering for this weird Raptors team that you know they sit out a whole bunch of players here and there. Um, I just think, it, you know, I just think it sucks that they didn't get their opportunity. And so I don't know if that's trending up or down, but, you know, seeing that game today, I did see a couple of fans in the stands mm-hmm. and I did see them kind of talking about, you know, I guess I was on the, I was on the Raptors feed uh, when I was watching it and they were talking about, you know, you know, pictures of people in Tampa with their Raptors gear and stuff like that. And it's just kind of like, it's kind of sad. Like, you know, after this year, you, you know, you may have a couple people out there that become, you know, lifelong Raptors fans, but it's like, it kind of felt like, you know, I kind of reverted back to whenever the Hornets were here and, you know, we had that two-year love affair and then they left, you know, and it sucks because there are people that are falling in love with the Raptors probably in Tampa and they're going to leave and the NBA is probably not going to come back there other than maybe preseason games here and there. And so that was my thought. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you could say trending down is the opportunity for Tampa Bay to show out. There so. you go. Yeah. We'll, we'll transition it there. Um, no, nah, man. Um, how are they going to do the playoffs? Are they planning on just doing the playoffs like normal, like back and forth? They're, pl- they're going to play games. Yes. Between basketball teams. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dylan. I think it's it's just the same as usual, just going back and forth between places. Okay. I think, yeah, I think it's going to be, what is it, 2-2? Two, 2-2-2-1? Two. Two, 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 how, how's it been? Is it two two one one one? Yeah, that's how it is. Uh, yeah. Wasn't there one year? I think during the like finals two, it changes. Two, yeah. I think during the finals it's two. Yeah, two three two. Yeah. Yeah, because that screwed us whenever we went to the finals. <laughs> um. Yeah, we had to play three games over in Miami. Yeah, after we lost that one in OKC that we. Lost, but you know, I'm not bitter. Let's let's not talk about it. But no, man. Um, you know, I, I do think in the end of the day, I think the Raptors could be a play-in team. Um, so I think that they might have an opportunity to be in the playoffs and compete. And if that's the case, listen, I, I just came from Florida. Like everything is is wide open. Like people were shoulder to shoulder in Disney Springs. Um, there was not space between the tables at the restaurants. Like they ain't scared of the pandemic or anything like that. So if they feel like enough people are vaccinated and they feel like it's safe enough, you know, they'll open the floodgates of that arena and playoff basketball. Like nothing brings people, like brings fans to the stands like playoff basketball does uh, no matter where you're at. So if the Raptors are able to make it to the playoffs and they are able to let fans in the stands, I think that's when they can maybe have their marquee moment. Um, but you know, like you said, uh, at this point, we don't know that that's going to happen. So, um, it would be a shame, but it would also not be a shame if the NBA put a team in Louisville. So your boy didn't have to drive 12 hours to watch his boy Shea go to Alexander play basketball. (laughs) That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. Um, but all right, guys, that, that does this for training topics. Uh, we're going to get into our final segment of the day. It's how we end most of our podcast. It is Shay or an A or Shay and A, however you want to do it. Uh, just a good thing and a bad thing that's happened to you this week.
Well, I mean, literally, you don't have any more options. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but so, okay, okay, so my Shay and my Nay. So, I, you know, my Nay is, you know, so you know, my 11 year old, she's a little bit sick and she's my, she's my asthmatic. You know, she has, she has, she deals with asthma. Mm-hmm. And so, anytime we deal with like seasonal changes, especially from transitioning from winter to spring and then summer to fall. Uh, she always struggles a little bit from time to time. And so I guess this is her time to struggle um, this year. And then my Shay, um, man, my Shay is, uh, might be starting up graduate school. So, Ooh, hey, now. Nice. Yeah. Make a little change in my life. Welcome to college, man. I, I know yeah i'm gonna be the old guy in the back of the classroom <laughs> there you go there you go we like it new steps in life all right connor what is your shay or nay of the week um uh i guess um, I, I got i got to hoop <laughs> actually it's not that this time um uh, my nay for the week was probably just I had a really stressful week last week. Um, college is really getting to me, the lack of spring break. I'm completely burnt out. Uh, so I'm just trying to make it through the end of the semester. I've got about um, a month left. I've got 27 days till my 21st birthday. So, you know, uh, pushing through to uh, bit, bigger and better things in terms of uh, less stress. So I'm on my way there. It's just going to be a, la- a rough last like month of the semester. So kind of dreading that last week was rough but you know watching Dort have some really good performances helped that out and then in terms of my Shay uh this past Friday I got my first uh vaccination shot so um you might have just saw me uh the band-aid on my shoulder was kind of falling off there um yeah I had this cool rainbow band-aid that hold on for a couple days it just finally gave out now uh during the podcast but uh yeah so it's cool I, I was drafted into the Pfizer uh gang it seems like so um, shout out to all y'all who also got Pfizer. Um, yeah, uh, not feeling anything too bad. My arm was Moderna. Kind of... <laughs> oh, I see what, yeah, we've seen we got a uh, vaccine rivalry now going on in the podcast. But um, yeah, my arm felt really sore yesterday, and then today it feels pretty much better. So uh, not looking forward to the second shot in terms of possible side effects, but I'm kind of curious to see how it's going to work in terms of the fact that I've already had COVID. So I don't know how that will affect side effects at all, whether it'll help or hurt that aspect of it. So I'm curious to see. I get my next shot on May 7th, I think is when that is. So I'm just excited to get vaccinated, man. I was really looking forward to it. My college finally gave us an opportunity to get vaccinated and I'm looking forward to getting both of them so I can go back out and uh, have everyone else uh, or hang out with people. Um, Maybe meet up with some of y'all at some point. I need to get out to Oklahoma city at some point and see a game um, with actually out there uh, seeing as how the furthest West I've ever been is like West Virginia. So um, yeah, I haven't been many, many places. So I need to get these vaccines. 
uh, so we'll see on that. But I'm just excited because I've been dying to see things kind of get back to normal. And mm -hmm. it felt really weird. It was like surreal to finally get the vaccine because it felt like a step towards that. So uh, that's my sh I, and yes, Alex, I did play basketball. So I'll throw that in there, too, just because you brought it up. Just just got to throw that in there. Um, no, I mean, uh, that's awesome. You got vaccinated. Um, so my nay of the week is not that I got vaccinated, but it is related to my vaccination. I got my second Moderna and <laughs> let me tell you, I got, it was like, I got hit by three trains, man. I, um, I, I didn't really start feeling anything until like four or five hours later. And I was actually recording a podcast with somebody, um, on, on a guest spot. And I was just like, I was just moved my arm because it was just getting so sore. And I was about to go to bed and something told me to check my temperature. And it was like 101. I was like, oh, frick. And I text my boss. I'm like, all right, man, like, I'm just letting you know. I got my second vaccine. This is what my fever is. I'll check it in the morning. I'll let you know. Wake up in the morning. My fever is 102. I am shivering all over the place. I got cold chills. I'm super sore. I've got a pulsing headache. I'm like, dude, I cannot operate a truck today. Like, I'm not trying to just get out of work. Like, it is not safe for me to be there. <laughs> so I, I stayed home. My wife also got vaccinated. She stayed home. She slept till 3 a.m. I mean, 3 p.m. Sorry. Um, I got up and I uh, got, got my oldest on the bus kind of hung out with my youngest a little bit while I slept on the couch. Uh, I fell asleep in the hallway face down at one point, <laughs> just uh, absolutely just exhausted. Um, was that, was that the vaccine or was that, were you drunk? Were you Jerry drunk? <laughs> no, that, that was a hundred percent Moderna, man. It was, uh, it, it knocked me out, but luckily, you know, we went to bed at like nine fifteen that night. Like, like after Chelsea stayed up till three o'clock or slept till three in the afternoon, we went to bed at 9.15. All we had was, uh, all, all I had was chicken noodle soup. All she had was powdered donuts during the day. And, um, you know, we woke up the next day and my head still hurt a little bit. Her head still hurt a little bit, but we was, we was completely fine. So after 36 hours of absolute misery, we was over it. And I said this on Twitter, like, I, I would 100% do it again. Like, I understand why we're getting it done. And me specifically, you guys know Nova's in the hospital. He's on a trach. He hasn't been able to breathe by himself a day in his life. The last thing he needs is a respiratory disease. Um, so I'm happy to do it, and I would do it again. Uh, just, I mean, just like I said, like, that's the worst I felt in years. So that was my nay for the week. Um, my shave for the week, though, Saturday, um, we got to go to – our boys second soccer game both of them um, my youngest <laughs> he, he's just kind of fun to watch out there he doesn't really understand that if somebody else has the ball you can go kick it away from them it's it's not just their turn you don't have to share the soccer ball you can go get it um, but my oldest he he did a little bit better he actually scored his first goal this this uh or of the season uh, I guess of his career um so yeah shout out Slade there for his first goal and uh, yeah, that, it was just a good time. Um, had a few friends come by, had some family come out, and we had a nice little cheering force for both of them. So yeah, that was a good time. That was probably my share for the week. I'm surprised you're not training them to be one of those like 2031 Thunder picks that we're going to have in a couple of years. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. The, the little one still, he, he has a little bit of interest in basketball. The other one's just, he likes it. He's just, mm -hmm. you know, we, we don't have a we don't have access to a gym now. I, I don't yeah. Have a level area to play basketball with them. So 
Mm-hmm. It'll come eventually. Yeah, it'll, it'll come. Eventually. It'll come eventually. He'll be there. I mean, I mean, worst case, uh, Nova just becomes the greatest basketball player of all time. He takes all the basketball um, in the family and becomes our the the guy after uh, SGA to win Finals MVP. Absolutely, that's what we need. Supernova. Make it. Oh, that's a nice. That's a good nickname. That's a really good nickname. Now he's got. He's <laughs> got to make the league now. So many shirts we can make from that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we'd make so much money, and he's not gonna—he's not gonna do a cease and desist because you're his dad. <laughs> yeah, and I would do a giveaway of about a third of <laughs> that we sell. But no, man, yeah, it's a—it's been a good time. Um, my, my, I actually have another Shay, bonus Shay, if you will, if it's okay, if you all will allow it. Um, yeah, a bonus Shay is definitely better than a bonus nay. So yeah, go for that. We, we, we will allow it. I appreciate that. So um, Nova is actually being fitted tomorrow for a home vent. Um, they will make the order, and as soon as they can get it in, they will switch him to a home vent. And my understanding is, I know I've said this a million times, within the month, if everything goes according to plan, if he can adjust to those levels and everything, uh, Nova will get to come home to us. So we're very much looking forward to that and uh, praying for a good week out of the little guy. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. He's, he's got he's got to get home for that draft lottery. He's got to be that good luck charm. Yes, sir. He, he, he's the guy that <laughs> you bring to the draft lottery. Yeah, exactly. Some people bring the mascot. Some people bring, um, you know, niece, nephews. Nah, we, we got to get Nova home. That's actually an interesting qu- question. Who do you guys think we send to the draft lottery? Man, if I, we we're just, we're, we're vanilla. No, we're vanilla. That's going to be Sam Presti. Yeah, I feel like it's I feel like it's gotta be pressed like the mastermind behind all these deals. Either him or SGA, I think it's one of those two. Or something like super out of left field. Since Moses Brown just is a smack in the face to me. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna send po- we're gonna send Poku. Yeah, he sends he sends Moses Brown and Poku and like yeah, suck it, Thunder Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Presti's burner account somewhere that he's somewhere watching us on Twitter, like, oh I can't wait. <laughs> listening to this right now like man this is a great idea uh, all right man but yeah we uh we got some we got some fun basketball coming up draft water is coming up june 22nd gonna be the most important day seems so far away yeah it, it is it is it's about like it's, it's pretty much two months away um but it's probably gonna be the most important i mean it's, it's usually during the conference finals right Around that, yeah. I'm already stressing very heavily, like Dylan's yeah. saying, a uh, very important day. Uh, it's yeah. terrifying because we're not used to this. The, the, the last time we were in the draft lottery, we were like, we had like the 13th, 14th overall pick, and mm-hmm. we didn't move anywhere because you never move from that yeah. spot. No. So it's, it's crazy how much that one day is going to decide what the future of this franchise looks like because one top five pick yeah. or like top, like we could even fall to like, if we kept right now, we could fall eight down or nine. to like eight or nine and get that pick and the heat pick. I'm going to knock on wood right now because if that happens, um, I'm, I plan on like live streaming my reaction probably to the draft lottery. Um, so that, and, that'll and be it, might, it might become not safe for work. Yeah. Um, the laptop might just close if like we're revealed at like pick number <laughs> nine. Like, um, hmm. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> Uh, that's nice yeah no um it, it's like, like you said you know it's, it's gonna be the most important day for our franchise like probably for the next decade of the franchise but also just the nba as a whole like so many teams like future hangs out of balance maybe the warriors get another top five pick maybe the rockets get rewarded with the number one pick after 
you know, all the James Harden shenanigans. Maybe the Timberwolves finally get somebody to bring that young core together. And um, oh, there was somebody else I was thinking of. Oh, maybe the Raptors. Like, imagine the Raptors with Evan Mobley, Pascal Siakam, Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet. Like, that's a ridiculous young core. Like, there's so many things that could come out of this draft. And mm-hmm. for better or worse, I can't wait. It's going to be a good time. It's it's going to be fun. Worst case, it's just really entertaining. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hey, man, that's, that's how we're going to end this podcast. Um, Alex, appreciate you coming on um, for the latter half of that. Cone, I appreciate you being on for the beginning there. And I appreciate all the listeners for coming and listening to us. Um, go ahead if, uh, if you're listening. Um, I guess this is Sunday night. So if you're listening Monday morning when this is out or even Tuesday, it'll be your last chance to get that fire merch we got on our Twitter. Uh, we got the future where we got Shay Dort, Poku, and Bays on our shirt. We got Besan- Dort, Besante Dort shirts. And we got Tank Season shirts with Sam Presti, Lin-Manuel Miranda, or a Spanish soccer coach driving a tank. You can also get that in a tank and rock a tank tank. So like I said, Monday, Tuesday, I think Tuesday's your last chance. It's up for three more days. So definitely go out there and grab that. Um, but yeah, hope you guys have a great night. God bless wash your hands, wear a mask, get vaccinated, and don't forget, thunder up. Oh, Alex is not thundering up. All right. That's okay. Hey, thunder up. (laughs) We like it. We like it. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder Podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter, at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up!